With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! Some podcasts do it for the fun. Some do it for the fame. Chad and Cheese, they do it for global effing domination. That's right. Bringing America to its knees was just the beginning. Now, they have their eyes set on conquering Europe. And they've drafted industry veteran Levan von Neuerhauser of Belgium to help them navigate the old country and bring HR's most dangerous podcast across the pond to trash talk like never before. Not safe for work in any language. The Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. Oh, yeah. Europe's been pretty quiet lately, so I'm not quite sure what to say in the intro this week. What's up, Freedom Fighters? You are listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel. Do Molotov cocktails come with whiskey, Cheeseman? And this is Chad. Send more javelin, so wash. And I'm leaving Putin. You'll never make it to this show again. Funny when I was in. <laughs> On this episode, the House of HR rolls out the welcome mat, job and talent eyes Wall Street or whatever the European equivalent might be, and groping in the metaverse. Someone call HR. Let's do this. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. Mystery guest. We got a mystery guest, guys. Yeah. Very excited. Uh, let's welcome Jan Tegze, Director of Town Acquisition from the Czech Republic. Jan, what else should our listeners know? You're kind of a secret guy. Hi, everyone. Oh, I hope I'm not that secret. <laughs> not after this show. I uh, hope so. <laughs> so, I, so, few things about me. So, I wrote the book Full Stack Recruiter. For several years, I believe, like five or six years so far, I'm I'm trying to create the games for recruiters. So it's uh, you can find them under sourcing.games. Uh, so is this like a card game, uh, Jenga? <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh my god, I wish. Uh, so I create a, so it's, it's more like scavenger hunt. Uh, so you you have a sourcing question. When you uh, solve it, there is an under under level, and you've got for every game has around like six six seven levels uh -huh. and you need to go uh at the end and there are like 30 plus games so yep but i will definitely try to create some some pixels so next time or so what year did you write full stack recruiter 
last, the third version was published in 2020, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, two years ago. But the first book of Full Circle Recruit, the first version, was published, I believe, in 2015. Wow. Well, that's a that's a huge difference when we're talking about tech stacks from yeah, 2015 to today. So I would assume, correct me if I'm wrong, the book has to be majorly different <laughs> in this version than it was the, the 2015 version. Well, it, it is different and it's got like the first version has 415 pages. Okay. This one has 765 plus the extra content and I can stuff way more content there so yeah <laughs> it's evolving our field quite quickly yeah yes. and i'm sl- slow typer <laughs> listeners should be excited we have a director of ta we have an author and an entrepreneur making games very exciting <laughs> making games making money excellent shout outs yeah do you want to talk about europe oh yeah we're gonna do some europe shout outs because jesus as we've spoken to europeans over the last few weeks or so mm-hmm. Just about every one of them shrugged off this buildup by Russia. And and it was more like, hey, you know, Russia always plays these games. And I, I wonder if that was just a, a pretty much Jedi mind trick from Putin. You know, he was always on the Ukrainian border and he was always playing these games. Uh, but the next thing you know, he's not playing games anymore. I mean, they're going full. They're going full tilt. Yeah. As Americans having two Europeans on the show, I'd love your, your guys' perspective on what's going on. Is there fear? Is there inspiration from what NATO's doing? What, what's the what's the world look like from your viewpoint? People are really angry. And this is the first time that Europe actually is more than a bunch of countries. Yeah. Suddenly, Putin realized the only thing he didn't want to realize, making Europe one block. And for the first time I in history, according to me, this uh, all those countries are working together against one enemy. And it's... Mm-hmm. It's heartwarming to see the reactions of all those people. It's great. But of course, for the people in Ukraine, it's terrible. But the reactions from Europe are great. And I think we'll get out better of this. Yeah. When you see Sweden sending military <laughs> in some gear, I mean, was, that's saying something. It was initially helmets. It doesn't matter. When they send anything. Yeah. <laughs> send Tengai, the recruiting robot. That'll scare the <laughs> shit out of the Russians. <laughs> So, Jan, what do you think about uh, the uh, invasion? Well, it's first of all, it's strategy uh, because yep. the country was attacked and provoked. Uh, I know that there are different opinions on that, but I hope that this will end soon. And, uh, you know, as, as Levin mentioned, uh, Putin basically helped to unite the European Union. And uh, as we do not like bullies, I hope we will, you know, take more actions and, and, and help uh, Ukrainian people. So... I agree with leaving on the heartwarming thing. I, I I think it's really inspirational. Obviously, a tragedy uh, with war, but I've been really inspired by what I thought was a fragmented world coming out of COVID. Obviously, the Trump years were pretty anti-NATO years. And to see the world, the free world, if you will, uh, join forces and and take on Russia is really inspiring to me as well. Yes. And my shout out, my first shout out goes to the Javelin anti-tank missile. We need to get as many of these fuckers into Ukrainian hands as we possibly can. And then also we saw, I think it was Turkish drones who was equipped with like some sort of some version of like a Hellfire missile that was just blowing the shit out of the T-80s as well. You start blowing those fucking T-80 tanks 
away like that, they're they're going to fucking cut and run because they have to. And by the way, I know these these guys can use it because if you look at any U- Ukraine fighter, they look like they've been fighting for 20 years. They're all like smoking cigarettes and coffee for breakfast. <laughs> they look like they've, I mean, they just look like they've been through the battle. So uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in them. And actually they, they have been since 2014. They have been constantly in battle. So those people are rough. <laughs> <laughs> They're not manicured like the Belgians, are nah. they? Are they? Uh, well, I'll go out uh, a little less exciting, but uh, there is still business to discuss uh, in what's going on in Europe. So we have three startups recently that received money. Uh, I want to highlight some of those. So first up, we have London-based Sova Assessment. Uh, they closed a $9 million funding round recently, bringing their total to just shy of $13 million. Uh, Founded in 2015, the company provides mobile-friendly assessments. They service 120 organizations in over 20 countries. Next up, we have Dutch-based Equalture. Uh, They raised 2.75 million euros for a total of 3.8 million euros. Uh, They help companies make unbiased hiring decisions. Founded in 2018 by sisters, two sisters actually, uh, with this funding Equalture, plans to further grow its international customer base and expand its test library of game-based neuroassessments. Jan, you might be interested in them. And lastly, we have Munich-based employee enablement platform Zavi. Uh, They've raised $4 million in seed funding, uh, launched just last year. The company intends to use the funds to invest in product development and not no word of coming to America. So good for all of those companies. We got two assessments smart, and one, I guess, onboarding company representing a myriad of countries in Europe. Shout out to those, those organizations. Levin, you got a shout out or two? Yeah, two actually. These are special times. We need uh, special shout outs. So the first <laughs> one goes to President Zelensky for just being one awesome president. Yes. And I think yes. he is what Putin yep. always pretended to be. He's one hell of a badass. And I think the Times person of the year 2022 is known already. And I really hope the people of Ukraine that they can hang on there until everything settles down. And the second shout out is something just breaking news I got into my mailbox. You know, Dora, the chatbot we had in the show recently. Yeah. They launched a chatbot app to help refugees from Ukraine to get the needed help and to get in touch with organizations who want to help. Nice. And uh, this is something I, I really like about these last days. Romania, the Dora is a Romanian company. They are really, yeah, they had been uh, living under um, the Soviet Union before, so they are really in touch with everything. Mm-hmm. And all those people are now sticking together, helping out the people in Ukraine. Yeah? And it's, yes. it's nice to see. I love it. Well, and we were talking about prior to, to, to actually recording how everybody's just more connected now. I mean, th- there's the, the transparency that's out there when, you know, President Zelensky gets on and, you know, he's sharing shorts via social media on, you know, being in the streets, being with fighters. We're here. We're not running. Uh, we don't need a ride. We need that's bullets. Correct. Right. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we need ammo. Uh, I mean, th- this to me, this this is what pulls it all together. And I believe Putin thought that he had it all pretty much taken care of because he could shut him down, quote unquote, shut him down uh, from a social media standpoint. But that hasn't been allotted. Not to mention, I think your your hero, Elon Musk, might have had a little to do with this. <laughs> yeah, Starlink, indeed. Zelensky asked on Twitter, Elon, 
Instead of uh, sending people to Mars, can't you expand your Starlink network to Ukraine? And a few minutes later, Elon Musk replied and did. Once again, Elon, my hero. <laughs> so for those who don't know, Levin, Starlink is... Oh, Starlink is a satellite network Elon Musk uh, launched to provide uh, basically internet all over the world without mm -hmm. having to have a, a real connection. So it's a safe connection for the people in Ukraine without Russians being able to intervene. So that's a good thing. Good stuff. Well, Chad, you and I get to see firsthand all this heartwarming uh, patriotism and NATO love when we get to go to Europe. Yes. This summer. So we got a couple trips to in talk May. about. So May 6th, we have, uh, I don't know, Levin's got a little get together that day. Levin, you want to tell the audience about that? May 6th is the, the best e-recruitment conference in the world, Ostend, Belgium. And uh, I'll be glad to see you all again in real life. It will be fun. The Americans are coming. The Americans are coming, indeed, once again. And then we got uh, the UK uh, the week after the 4th of July holiday in the US. So we have Wreckfest, which is awesome. If you guys are in the UK, we're going to Nebworth, uh, commonly known as the Woodstock of England, I guess. Uh, we'll be there for Wreckfest. Uh, I know a lot of sponsors, friends of the show, contacts, and, and people that we know and love will be there. So uh, that's very, very exciting. It's going to be a blast, kids. It's going to be a blast. One, one, one last shout out. You've got to hear this. It seems as if uh, Belgium is the new France uh, in, in <laughs> Europe as they, uh, they fully embrace the prospect of a four-day work week. Straight out of the Washington Post on this one, kids. Belgium has announced it will allow workers to re request permission to compress their work hours into four days pretty soon leaving will be taking two hour lunches and smoking <laughs> <laughs> i have six smoke breaks a day i can't wait why only two hour lunches <laughs> we, used, we used to have more Topics. With that, speaking of Levin having four-day work weeks, his company leads off our news for this episode. So House of HR Powerful. is taking the next step in its growth process with Damn. two acquisitions. First is the acquisition of Solcom, uh, the company headquartered in Germany as a leading IT service provider. They recruit experts in IT and engineering to accompany clients through projects. House of HR CEO Rika Koppen said in a release, quote, Finding successful companies for sale in IT is not easy. It has been a part of our wish list for a long time, but that wasn't enough. They had another acquisition. House of HR has also gobbled up Dutch company TMI, one of the largest HR service providers for the healthcare sector in the Netherlands. Uh, TMI, which, by the way, does not stand for too much information, is responsible <laughs> for the recruitment of profiles for hospitals, public care institutions, ambulance staff, and nursing homes. The profiles they work with include doctors, nursing staff, psychologists, and pharmacists. The bank is open for business at the House of HR. Levin, this one's your lane. Give us the skinny on these two acquisitions. Yeah, okay, TMI. Maybe it does stand for too much information because I uh, <laughs> I had a meeting with the employees last week. Um, basically, a meeting, we called a meeting, but we had a fancy dinner in Amsterdam. Nice. And I was surrounded by those great people, mostly women. And I must say, uh, they're Dutch and they're very open minded. I'm not going to share the topics <laughs> because probably it isn't appropriate. Something but, uh, that you're talking about in the metaverse, I'm sure. Great. And indeed, something uh, the metaverse has developed a bubble for. Yeah. 
no, no, really nice people. But indeed, it's a very uh, interesting acquisition because healthcare, you can't go wrong with healthcare these days. And um, they have um, a group of about 4,000 professionals, healthcare professionals. And this is something you just can't copy easily. This is not a company you can launch in uh, overnight. Uh, they've been working on that for a very long time. Those people are very loyal and they place them. It's a secondment and it's a search and selection and they place them at their clients. So it's a great company, a revenue of about 100 million, uh, growing fast. And we're going to help them to grow all over Europe now. When it comes to actually taking TMI, mm. Are you looking to try to expand outside? What I'm hearing is outside of the Netherlands. Have they just been specifically in the Netherlands before? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The Netherlands and also the Caribbean, which is actually quite fun. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> sure. you have um, Santa Martin and a few other islands in yeah. the Caribbean, uh, which are still part of the Netherlands. I feel a market trip coming on. Yeah, I also said it. We need to to check it out. Of course, we do. So, so when you get a bunch of healthcare people in Amsterdam for dinner, does the medicinal uh, marijuana come out to uh, to play, or uh, not so much? Not before desserts. Not before desserts. <laughs> Are you going to stay in Europe, or will do you have aspirations for either of these companies to come to America? No. For now, we're going to stay in Europe. There are uh, still a, bu a bunch of countries in Europe in which we're not active, so uh, we're working on that. But uh, never say never, of course. Like a Czech Republic, are you planning to go here? <laughs> Probably someday. Okay. We already are hiring people from uh, Eastern Europe, but mostly to get them to work in uh, the Western part. But uh, we have uh, offices in uh, the Baltic States, in Poland, and Romania. Mm -hmm. Not in the Czech Republic, I think, but... Uh, we definitely could. Levin, were the terms were the terms of this deal uh, published or not? Uh, I've seen them. <laughs> so just <laughs> just between no. us girls, can you tell us what uh, the terms were? Probably not. But not real terms, but um, something important to know is maybe the current CEO, who was also the founder, Noel de Vries, is going to stay on board. And uh, the guy probably is rich by now, but he will reinvest a big part of it into House of HR. And that's something we always try to do that the founders and the CEOs are reinvesting and on group level. So they're helping each other out. We are a multi-brand company. We have uh, 45 brands now. And all those or most of the CEOs are still on board and they are investing in the whole of House of HR. So even though in some cases they can be competitors in some countries, they still are in need of helping each other because they are part of the same company. It's not just multi-brand, it's multi-brand, but with one big shareholders structure. Are they both pure play staffing organizations? Yeah, I guess so. You could call it pure staffing. It's secondment on temping, search and selection. Yeah, mm -hmm. So it's staffing. So Solcom seems to have like a freelancer platform as well. Are you guys, is, is that something, one of the reasons why you guys actually targeted them because of the technology and being able to attract the, the, the IT side of the house? What was really the big push for Solcom? Well, we really are into digital and that's uh, for sure. And that's one of the reasons TMI has chosen us because other people were interested as well, but um, TMI wanted uh, our digital approach and we are known for our digital approach. And Solcom, of course, is um, an IT company. So from then you can expect to have a more digital approach than TMI has. But I was really surprised by TMI because they are, for example, they are uh, hiring nurses on LinkedIn, which is normal, of course, but they are very advanced in LinkedIn automation tools, hmm. which isn't really standard. 
So um, I was happily surprised when I was talking to uh, my colleagues, my new colleagues last week during dinner. And uh, no, no, I, I thought I was going to have to show them a lot because we always share best practices, but um, they actually are pretty advanced. And Solcom, of course, is a different story. They have a revenue of 172 million. They're still growing rapidly. And um, they are focused on engineering IT. So you can expect a digital matureness from them. Well, we know uh, LinkedIn loves good automation tools. LinkedIn loves us too. And I do hope they're going to to uh, sponsor my Congress. They are taking out. <laughs> so, uh, otherwise, I'll make LinkedIn automation tools a topic on Congress. Always be, <laughs> always be closing, baby. So House of HR seems like a house of brands. When you guys uh, acquire a company, do they typically keep their brand name? Do they keep the team there? Or do you sort of integrate them into House of HR companies? And also, I yeah. know you guys are, are still on a, on a buying spree. What other, what other types of companies are you looking to add to the portfolio going forward? We are a, definitely a multi-brand company because when we buy a company, we buy it because they are better performing than the others. We buy the best possible companies and then it would just make no sense at all to force them to be something they are not. So whenever we buy a company, we let them be. But we're going to try to help them to grow faster than they could alone. We can help them by um, integrating them in our corporate structure with the digital assets, with financial assets. We give them money to grow faster. We can leverage them. We can help them grow on a European scale, etc. But basically, we are never going to force a company into a corporate structure. They keep their colors, they keep their logos, their spirits. But we also take care that their spirit is matching ours. Uh, Rika is always talking about the happy rebels. HR stands for uh, Happy Rebels. <laughs> we have been rejecting companies. We have been looking at companies which looked great on paper, but just didn't have the entrepreneurial spirits that we are looking for. I'm just curious about when you mentioned uh, that you are implementing those companies or providing some support and then technology pieces and everything around that. Are you also, uh, do you have like your company ATS that every company that you implement into your structure is using or you let them to keep their technology uh, or their ATS? That's a good remark as well. We have, um, or at least our CIO, I'm chief digital, but we have a chief information officer as well. And he has a list. Some things are mandatory. Some things things are just um, advised. For example, If you are building a new website, we have some CMS systems, which mm -hmm. we advise people to use. It's not really mandatory, but we like people to use Drupal or WordPress because if you are building one application, we would like the other companies to be able to use them as well. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it makes sense to start using the same structure, the same platform. But if uh, one of our companies is using an ADS system and he's happy or and they're happy with it, we're not going to force them to change. We are working with some ATSs and we probably will advise the other companies if they are going to change to choose one of those we are working with, but we will never force them, no. So Levin, we have a lot of uh, companies that listen to the podcast. Uh, what are some things that you look for in, uh, in acquiring a company Uh, that they might say, oh, that sounds like us. We're going to give House of HR a call. Well, sponsoring my Congress is always a good start. <laughs> <laughs> But no, just to give an, an open answer, um, 
we are not Adaco, we are not Randstad. So we have a 2.2 billion euros revenue, which is not small, but it's not the 25 of Randstad, for example. Mm-hmm. But we are buying companies with an EBITDA starting from 5 million, because even if a company is really, really interesting, if they are just too small, if they are promising, but nothing more, then it's too expensive for us to integrate them in the corporate financial structure, etc. So we're not really looking for startups. We are looking for companies who are ready to to scale up. Yeah, like these companies we were just talking about, a 100 million euro revenue, 170 million. These mm-hmm. are big companies, but not probably the corporate companies that Adeco is going to buy. Something in between. We are buying the most promising companies which have already proven they are better than the others and they have a great business model and we help them grow even faster. That's the whole idea. What about from a funding standpoint, Levin? Uh, obviously, acquisition... A little bit different than funding. <laughs> yeah. What do you look at for those startups, those early stage startups or those series A's or what have you? Are you looking to fill gaps? We are very digitally oriented. So if someone has a great ID and even though they even have still have to start, they can always contact us, of course. And uh, we will even sign an NDA if necessary. Normally, we build them ourselves. We have our own IDs and we st- we know this business so well. We know this industry so good. So in most cases, we just launch our own IDs, which, for example, now Jobs, a great digital platform, will make 100 million euros this year as a revenue. It's a platform we launched a few years ago, starting from zero. We do invest in companies, but not that much, uh, if not that often. We uh, mostly launch our own startups. It's something we always make fun of the, the big competitors. They are too big to be creative. We are not. We are still small enough to be creative. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, I think we all think there's going to be quite a bit of M&A activity. And uh, it's nice to have you on the show to tell us about the M&A that you guys are doing and will be doing in the future. Well, let's take a quick break uh, and we'll talk a little job and talent and a little metaverse. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, who's ready for a good old-fashioned IPO in the space coming out of (laughs) Europe? I know. I know I'm excited. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Just so excited. So uh, Job and Talent, who we've talked about on the show before, uh, they're based out of Madrid and they are a recruitment marketplace and digital temping agency. Uh, They could opt for an IPO next year. This is according to claims by El Economista. The Spanish business newspaper reports that the company could choose to list on either a stock exchange in the good old U.S. or a European bourse. However, the paper added that the sale of the company has not been ruled out either. You're going to have to have a big checkbook to buy them, though. In December of 2021, Job and Talent closed a 440 million million euros. That's about 500 million in the U.S. uh, Series E funding round, which valued the company at 2 billion euros or about 2.3 billion U.S. dollars. Job and Talent uses AI to match individuals to temporary work in warehousing, logistics, and light industry. 
Guys, who's buying the job and talent IPO next year? It depends. Today, I would maybe invest in uh, the American stock exchange, not in European. Things aren't that stable for a moment. <laughs> no, but um, I didn't know really. Honestly, I didn't know they were that big. I know about them and they're active in Germany and in, in France and in, uh, I think, Sweden, some other countries, but they're not active in the Netherlands. They're not active in Belgium. So I haven't really gotten into them that much. I didn't know they were that big and I'm quite surprised and I'm pretty interested. So I'm going to look more into what they're actually doing because in my opinion, they were digitally, yes, but not that spectacularly. I mean, it's just a, a temping agency with a website. So I'm not really convinced they're and pretty niche as well. I mean, sticking with warehousing logistics yeah. and sort of the light industries. I mean, that's is that industry that big in Europe to be valued at 2.3 billion euros? Well, it is. And uh, they just, you know, it's like focusing on healthcare. Uh, they fo- they're focusing on things that are super important and especially in warehouses. Uh, there, there is a huge demand for warehouse workers uh, or drivers and those type of people. So I would you know, if they are going to get the IPO and start selling shares, I'm definitely going to consider to buying some. Oh, we've got a buyer. There you go. Everybody, <laughs> we've got a buyer. Chad, how about yep. you? This is the future of staffing. We take a look at, yeah, they do have a website, but they also have an app that allows, it's it's like just in time, right? It's, it's kind of like Uber for all these other different types of positions. And they start off on the easier side and, but, being warehouse and logistics, and I say easier because uh, it's it's more it's more focused and it's easier to to find out if somebody uh, if somebody has a heartbeat or not, right? To to, to work in to, to work in a warehouse. To me, this is where most staffing companies need to move. They need to move toward technology, and they have to have projects. Not to mention, if you take a look at it, job and talent is the employer. So much like D Coakley in remote. Uh, if you want individuals who are across borders to be able to do driving or warehouse work or whatever it might be, this makes it much easier for companies to engage without having to set up, you know, obviously in, in another country. So I think personally, I can't believe they took this much fucking money. Number one, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a lot of money. But I, I still, I, I'm, I'm still bullish on what they can do. Not to mention they're pushed. They have a shit ton of cash, which is one of the reasons why they're pushing toward the U.S. Sounds like a buy leaving. And I'm also very charmed by the the fact they are Spanish and just spreading <laughs> all around Europe. It's not a, yeah. an American company. It's not a company based in UK. No, it's some kind of a, a local startup. Which Madrid. Just, yeah. Which uh, it's good to see that uh, European countries can still deliver companies like this. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. That's great. And I think, um, you know, you mentioned uh, Europe, but also in addition to Germany, France, UK, Sweden, Portugal, yeah, Mexico, US. and Colombia mm-hmm. uh, are on the list. And here's the kicker. They're coming to America. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at that valuation, obviously a huge part of that is the U.S. And if they want to go public in uh, U.S. markets and Wall Street, having a U.S. presence um, is going to be really important. I'm going to be on the lookout uh, for job and talent ads, uh, for for podcast spots. I think mm. if we start seeing an influx of marketing yeah. to sort of lay the groundwork uh, going into a, an IPO next year, then I'll be then I'll be uh, intrigued by it. But we know, and we've talked about on the show that companies outside the U.S. coming into the U.S. don't have a great track record of success. So unless I see some traction 
uh, by job and talent in the U.S. For me right now, it's a it's a sell. Cue up the Neil Diamond baby because they're coming to, to America. America. <laughs> to america today <laughs> all right uh so we have what you, we got three buys and one sell on uh the ipo for I job think so. and talent i think so yeah, but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they're going to buy acquire some company in the u.s that it, they are not just going there as a job talent that they will acquire someone Ooh, i like that because like no that, one's going to buy them at that price tag no can, can anyone see them buying job and talent <laughs> recruit holdings maybe like i don't know they could ronstadt but Ronstadt, maybe after they sold Monster, huh? they're gun shy. They're gun shy. Yeah, I think I think you're you're looking at more like main capital, right? You're you're looking at organizations uh, like that. Okay, who we're going to actually acquire? I uh, believe LinkedIn will acquire them. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Microsoft. Damn, Jan, it, that's it, awesome. It will because they've got DHL, FedEx, all those huge companies, <laughs> and LinkedIn is covering full time employees and those type of jobs, but. Yeah. Temp yeah. world is the world where the money is, are. So they will definitely going to consider, or, or at least that's my prediction. I believe they are going to acquire them at some point. There uh, it is. Nice. Well, LinkedIn is an interesting idea, but recruit would make more sense, I think, because they already have uh, Indeed. They have Simply Hired. They have Career Jets. Uh, not Career Jets, Simply Hired and Indeed. So it makes sense to them to buy something like this. But um, if LinkedIn would try to grow, yeah, why not? Job and talent needs to just roll the dice and buy ZipRecruiter. That'll give them a. That'll give them a. That'll give them a footprint Joel, in the U.S. Do no. you have shares at ZipRecruiter? You say it often. Are you a shareholder of ZipRecruiter? Yeah. I am not. Okay. Chad? No. Yeah. No. All right. Three buys and one sell on the show. All right, guys. Let's talk a little sexual harassment in the metaverse. Okay. Is anyone? Anyone else shocked that the worst of human behavior is rearing its ugly head in the metaverse already? Uh, no. I don't think any of us are. So no. someone call HR. Uh, back in December, The Verge reported that a beta tester for Meta's Horizon Worlds functionality, which is its social media replacement in VR, was groped by a stranger within the digital realm. Let me read that again. How do they know they were groped? By a stranger within the digital realm. Then earlier this month, a woman said that she had been, quote, virtually gang raped, end quote, Ooh. in the VR environment. Come on. And how does that happen? Uh, and Facebook or Meta has been forced to implement a new personal boundary for VR avatars saying, quote, personal boundary prevents avatars from coming within a set distance of each other creating more personal space for people and making it easier to avoid unwanted interactions. Guys, this is why we can't have nice things. What do we think about sexual harassment in the metaverse? What is HR going to do about this? I really hope they're going to ignore it. <laughs> there is no such thing as sexual Yeah, there's no such thing as sexual harassment in the metaverse. I I just don't buy it. You cannot say this avatar has touched me in an offensive way. I mean just Make your avatar walk away. It's it's totally stupid. But uh, probably that's a European point of view. And in America, you actually think it's a thing. I don't know. 
<laughs> well, from what I've seen of the the Facebook, no one even has like below the belt. Everyone is like floating from the waist up. So I'm not exactly sure what uh, they're groping. And I personally believe that it's just it's just like it's it's hype and it's going away because if it's not like the simulation Ready Player One in that movie, yes. it will be just boring. And I don't want to spend my time wearing VR helmet and yeah. checking you know chatting with my colleagues across the world if I can do that via Zoom. And I'm already bored and frustrated with Zoom. So yeah. why to pay extra money or do, you know, the metaverse is the, the hype and it's going away within two years. The question is, is the functionality even available to grope someone to take their clothes off? I mean, because what you're really doing is you're just bumping pixels in, into each other. I mean, it's 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 a horrible experience in the first place. If you've ever had to, to, to get into the metaverse, I like the four foot kind of like radius because that means you're not bumping into everything. Mm-hmm. But I just, I, the functionality in itself, I don't understand it. Now, the, the bullying aspect I get Right. And, and it, we should be able to shut bullying down much like we do on on Facebook or, or chat boards or Reddit or whatever it might be. Right. But I just don't I, I don't understand the whole functionality piece and actually getting uh, raped in the metaverse, because, I mean, if that is actually I, I don't I don't understand. Somebody help me. <laughs> so you, you could you can agree or disagree. The metaverse is the future. But look, HR is going to have to address this at some point. You're going to see people at conferences talking about sexual harassment in the metaverse. Companies are going to be talking about what kind of policies do we have to make for for our metaverse uh, solution or whatever we're doing. As companies do this, HR is going to have to face it and figure out like, okay, what policies do we have? Just like they did with social media. Companies didn't want to worry about, oh, what people are saying on Twitter. Are they bullying or like, but companies are going to have to address this and it's going to be a big fucking pain in the ass for them uh whether they like it or not right plus there are so many you know it's it's a programming language that you need to use to create that world and there are company there are games like grand theft auto when you can implement or install some some mods that will change the whole environment so i'm expecting Mm -hmm. that people will be trying to hack that environment Uh in some really mean way and and you know so we should probably going to see more of those cases and 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 i think groping should be at least a paid option in the metaverse Only for certain they should, profiles. Those should be. They should actually have brothels. You choose yeah, to go into yes. a brothel. Right? Does anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy. <laughs> then pills. you have, you know, again, you you choose to go into that. But I again, I unless it is a Grand Theft Auto kind of scenario, which is a, a great point, Jan. Uh, I just don't understand how any of that even matters. And you talk about social media and the protocols and and things that HR had to put in play. I don't know what's going to be different in moving those over to the metaverse. So if I if I'm in the metaverse and I'm a uh, an intern and the CEO hits on me, what do I do about that? What what happens when the CEO hits on you in your office? You report it, but it's in the metaverse. So did it, it really it's happen? It's the same shit, dude. You can't you cannot you cannot disassociate those things. Those actions are still actions, whether they are in a chat on WhatsApp in the metaverse or in your fucking office. So to try to find lines between that is just total bullshit. They're the same. And I think a jury's going to have fun figuring all that out and HR is going to have fun figuring all that out. That'll be easy. But in the metaverse, there's no such thing as 
physical integrity. So till the CEO says make... it wasn't me. Someone put on my headset. That wasn't me. I don't prove it. Yeah, my my profile had been hacked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, another episode in the books. Let's say thank you to Jan for joining us. Jan, for anyone who wants to connect with you, where would you send them? Uh, definitely LinkedIn. That's the option, of the first option, plus that's the place where all recruiters are, right? Yep. And buy his book, for God's sakes, buy a sponsorship to Levin's conference. <laughs> it all starts with sponsorships. That's right. And if you want more European goodness, go check out chadcheese.com backslash Europe. This has been fun. Let's hope that uh, the world is still intact when we record our next show. And with that, we out. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know. And yet, you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. There's so many cheeses. And not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chadcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.